0: American Education FM. Everybody, I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome to another week, everybody. It's time to get into it. There's a ton of stuff. Uh, again, you know, one of the things here that I want to quickly bring up is when I'm putting these these episodes together. There's so much information, as you might expect, and there's so much information that's consistently coming out on a constant basis. I can't possibly keep up with all the information that's that's coming out, but I am doing my best to. Pick and choose particular things, again, that have everything to do with K-12 education, a little bit of higher ed in there, and then, of course, all of the jab-related stuff that seems to be tying everything together right now. There are a number of things that I've brought up in the past that are, again, happening. They're, they're coming true right now. Two of the main things are this, and I'm going to kick this off with a quick uh, a quick audio clip from the Education Secretary Cardona himself. Who's an absolute monster? Um, but months ago, I, pred- I I, I predicted and I said it on this podcast: the business about the jab buses, and that jab buses were going to start showing up within school districts and jabbing as many teachers and staff and staff members and and students as humanly possible. That's happening. You're going to hear him say that in this audio clip. The next thing is that. I mentioned a while back that countless schools are going to have these COVID policies, and that if they are, if they already exist on their websites, including universities, many of them are, will have them right on the front page, easy for everybody to see. And then many more are hiding them, and then they're snapping them out for the public at the very last second to shock everyone to create this giant wave of either uh, panic or anger or division or whatever it may be. And, and it's causing parents, of course, who are still hooked to the K-12 system. And again, why, why you are at this point is beyond me, but I know that many are. And my recommendation from here on out is going to be that you remove yourselves from these environments as quickly as possible. With that said, I also have another homeschool option. I've mentioned calverteducation.com in the past. I recommend that. Is there the occasional propaganda piece within their curriculum? I'm certain of it, without a doubt. There's another one which I might uh, mispronounce here, but I'm going to include it in the link below, in the description below of this episode. And I believe it's pronounced Abeka or Abeka, A-B-E-K-A dot com. I recommend checking this out also. It's a Christian-based online homeschooling program, I don't know the prices of any of it. I haven't investigated it thoroughly, but I've heard a lot of people say a lot of good things about it, in particular online. Another place to go if you're interested for homeschooling resources and other websites, and I can't recommend it enough, is on Gab. You need to get a Gab account if you're not on Gab already. Just to read it. It's free, but you don't even have to post anything. If you just want to read and ask questions on Gab, you can do that. They have a homeschooling group so you click on groups and then f- type in the homeschooling one, and then the homeschooling group pops up. I guarantee if you got in on that group and started asking questions, you would have all of your, all of your questions answered, without a doubt. A lot of veterans are on there, a lot of um, excellent parents who have been, uh, who have been involved in homeschooling since the very, very start. So those are my recommendations right now. But again, the jab buses are happening. And schools are, are rolling out their COVID policies in a horrific and very sneaky way right now. And I may or may not get to it in this particular episode, but I'm certainly going to read the COVID policies of one major uh, Columbus, Ohio school district. That's in a they would consider themselves to be a rather well-to-do area, I bet. But uh, you know, their noses are in the air and their chests are out, and they think that they've got it all figured out. But, ladies and gentlemen, what what they're going to be doing with their with their students and their staff is an absolute abomination. It's as if, I mean, they're clearly believing all of these lies. That's number one, but it's as if last year didn't even happen. They're right back to the very start with the panic and the and the control. And I cannot think of a more unhealthy learning environment than an American K-12 classroom right now. I really can't. So we have to get back to self-governance and I've promoted that and I've advocated that for a very, very long time. Let me play this audio first. And again, this is Miguel Cardona, the Secretary of Education, and he is a monster.
1: We're also highlighting how the American Rescue Plan funds can be used to support uh, these areas. These include helping get our young people vaccinated. We're doubling down to get more students vaccinated as they return to school. We know vaccines are working and they're the safest and most effective way to fight back the COVID-19, to prevent outbreaks, and to ensure a safe school year. So I'm echoing the President's call to action to host pop-up vaccine clinics in every school across the country to enlist trusted leaders in our community to build vaccine confidence it's all hands on deck here and to get creative with incentives and i know I've, i've heard from states where they're doing great work incentivizing it and getting student voice in the conversation to make sure that students hear from other students as well I'm also excited that uh, next week the administration is holding back to school week of action to mobilize school districts, students, teachers, organizations and leaders to get more young people vaccinated. Working with parent leaders and influencers to have uh, conversations with students and families about the importance of getting vaccinated and why it's our strongest tool to combat the virus and get students back into the classrooms on sports fields, in school plays, and among their peers this fall. Uh, next week I'll be traveling with the second gentleman to Kansas to promote vaccination efforts in that area. I'm additionally excited to lift up some additional efforts we're engaging with partners across the country including incorporating COVID vaccination into sports physicals for student athletes this summer and fall. The national PTA we're working with them and the Academy, uh, American Academy of Pediatrics to send pediatricians to back to school nights and PTA meetings so parents could hear from doctors directly. As I said before, it's all hands on deck. We all want our students in classrooms where they learn best. The resources are there and the urgency is there. Now is the time to get our students back into the classroom, not to be complacent or let politics get in front of what is best for our students across the country. I'm excited about the efforts we have underway at the department and across the administration to support a safe return to school this fall And make this school year the best one yet for all of our students. But we know it's not enough to get to school, to get back to school safely. We owe it to our students to build back better. We owe it to our students not to go back to what school was like in March 2020. That's why we must pass the Build Back Better agenda.
0: That could be the most important audio clip that I've ever played on this podcast. And I've played hundreds of them but that might be the most important one. He just said everything that the enemy is saying, and you can hear it not just in his words, but his fake tone and all of it. Pop-up vaccine clinics in all American schools, he said, bribing more people, paying them to get the jabs, School districts are going to be doing this. They're going to be paying students to get the jabs, paying teachers. They already are. They already are doing this, paying teachers to get the jabs. More bribery, more coercion. He said that learning in the classroom is the healthiest environment to learn in. That is false. It is officially the least healthy environment to learn in. All research on human behavior has been burned to the ground. All research on how people teach and learn has been burned to the ground. For all of these enemies and these Satanists and these Freemasons and these horrible, horrible secret societies that are controlling all of these people, they have burned all of that research and all of that literature to the ground. As far as they're concerned, it does not exist anymore. They cannot tell you any clearer than what he just said. And then he said, build back better agenda. That's the rallying call for every Satanist, globalist, secret society member that exists. I cannot be more blunt. You have got to take your children out of these environments. All of them. And if you aren't going to, for the love of Christ, make sure that they're not wearing a mask ever getting tested or anything else. Again, there's more that you have to balance now. If you thought that bullying was bad enough or your child getting gum in their hair or being shoved in the back or being pantsed in the locker room or whatever it is, if that was bad enough, ladies and gentlemen, schools are now administering carcinogens directly to your children. The mask wearing, the testing, which is fraudulent, and the mass are fraudulent. We've been over this time and time again. They're killing your children, and you're complicit in it only if you send them. Miguel Cardona is a monster. He does not like you, he does not care about you, and he wants you dead, which is exactly why he's saying what he's saying. There's an invisible gun to the back of his head. It's absolutely awful. So, there's that. Combined with all of that, there's this. And this is worth reading. This comes from Cassandra Fairbanks at the Gateway Pundit. It's titled, Florida Board of Education Votes to Pay for More... I'm sorry, I'll start that over. Florida Board of Education Votes to Pay for Moving Students to New Schools if They Experience COVID-19 Harassment. Now, think about that. How are they going to determine what that means and what that is? This has nothing to do with teaching and learning. This is exactly my point. It's more people being paid with the quote-unquote COVID relief funds, which again is the largest money laundering experiment or procedure I have ever heard of in my life. And now they're going to pay people to do this kind of policing of the student population. It says this, quote, The Florida Board of Education has unanimously voted to approve a measure that will pay for students to move to new schools if they experience COVID-19 harassment. Parents and students in districts that have strict COVID rules can now apply for a HOPE scholarship to transfer kids to another school of their choice. The Tampa Bay Times reported that specifically a parent can apply for a voucher in instances where a child has been subjected to COVID-19 harassment will provide parents another means to protect the health and education of their child by moving their child to another school. Again, this isn't good either. This is more government. This can be taken both ways. Are we talking about the unjabbed being paid so that they can leave their school and go somewhere else? Or are we talking about the jabbed and the mask wearers who are being yelled at and made fun of because, you know, they're jabbed and mask wearers and they're brainwashed? Which side are we talking about here? It continues. It says the the Board of Education's measures uh, defines COVID-19 harassment as, quote, any threatening, discriminatory, insulting, or dehumanizing verbal, written, or physical conduct an individual student suffers in relation to or as a result of school district protocols for COVID-19 including masking requirement the separation or isolation of students or COVID-19 testing requirements well that's good they seem to have taken more of a side than another but you know the you know the conflict that this is going to create you're going to have parents yelling that they want their child removed from the school and that they want the school district to pay for it and the state to pay for it because they are jabbed and because they are wearing the masks. Billy and Sally are being made fun of because they are jabbed and they're wearing the masks and that's not fair, so why is it only protecting the unjabbed and the unmasked? It's an endless nightmare of confusion. Thanks, thanks government. Thanks, big government. Um, it ends by saying this, quote, the rule also notes that unnecessarily isolating quarantine or subjecting children to physical COVID-19 constraints in schools poses a threat to development upbringing and should not occur absent a heightened showing of an actual illness or serious risk of illness or other stu- to other students. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis also recently signed a bill banning mask mandates in schools. It directs the state's Department of Education and Department of Health to issue emergency rules protecting the rights of parents to make this decision about wearing masks for their children. We think that that's the most fair way to do it, said DeSantis. Unquote. I'm telling you what. Learning and reading and arithmetic and truth-telling and investigation and critical thought and individual thinking. All of these are the last things that are happening in these schools. They're just not happening. It blows me away. The other thing that's taking place, and this has been taking place for over a year now, in fact, it's been taking place for approximately one year, when the students came back to American K-12 schools last August, one year ago, is that if they end up getting an exemption, whether it be for health reasons or it be because they have common sense, or it's a religious exemption of some kind, they're being segregated and discriminated against using a variety of tools. And there's a a particular picture that's bouncing around on Gab, and again, it looks like it made its way to Twitter, but it was titled this, A friend of mine got a a medical mask exemption for her son, and this is what happened to him. And then what he what what the son did was is he drew a picture of him in a classroom. So he drew a diagram of all the desks and where everything is, and then where he's forced to sit. And then he created a list of all of these things and how he's being treated. He 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 wrote this on the piece of paper. It says, "I had to be last to get to lunch. I could not use the non male boys' bathroom. I had to use the family bathroom." or only male boys' bathroom, I'm not sure. Either way, uh, they were forced to use the family bathroom. Um, I was at the back of the class. I could not hear or see. I was last in line the whole time. And then the last sentence is a little hard to read, but it says, I had to be next to me that had all my stuff in something. Look at the diagram below. So then they again drew a diagram and it's all the desks lined up and then they have their desk at the very back of the room behind everyone. So they're completely, the unvaxxed, unmasked person is completely separated from everybody else. Again, discrimination and segregation is sanctioned now in American K-12 schools. Child abuse is allowed All of these things are allowed to happen, and they're not even, again, not even thinking. I fully understand this sounds repetitive with what I've brought up in the past, but it's an absolute abomination. Um, As far as the university setting is concerned, I'm certain that the jab buses are going to start rolling out at the university setting. But here's a quick story from... uh, Lola University or Leola University. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've forgotten. Um, And it says that the students there have won a battle over their COVID-19 vaccine. So it says 11 students at this university in Chicago, Leola, Lola, I don't know, uh, won a victory over the COVID-19 vaccine mandate that is sweeping the country in education, business, and government. And this comes from Yahoo Finance, which again is a terrible outlet says, under the rules implemented by the university, students who had not submitted their vaccine card or been granted an exemption by Friday, August 6th, would not be allowed to enroll in classes or access the campus. Faculty and staff who are not vaccinated by September 21st or submit an exemption could face disciplinary action, including termination, the university states. The university denied written requests by the 11 students who stated that the available vaccines contain fetal tissue from abortions and their religious beliefs do not condone abortion, according to a press release by their attorneys. Quote The university denied each of these students' religious exemption requests with curt and ambiguous denials, even though their statements were more than sufficient under applicable law and under Leola's non discrimination policy the release said. Illinois has a health care right of conscious act that provides strong protection to all residents against discrimination based on health care choices. The university backtracked on its decision after receiving a letter from attorneys on Wednesday threatening a lawsuit. After the press release was distributed, 10 more students contacted Liberty because they received exemption denials. The cases are under review. The university spokesperson did not respond for requests for comment. Loyola University needs to drop its unlawful mandate immediately, said Liberty Council founder Matt Staver in a statement. Forcing any person to receive one of these COVID injections authorized for emergency use by the FDA is a violation of both state and federal law. Students at the namesake school Uh, Leola Merrimont in Los Angeles did not have the same outcome when their request for religious exemption was denied, according to Reuters. The students filed a lawsuit calling the vaccine protocol campus-wide apartheid because they are ostracized in separate dorms with a host of regulations. Vaccine requirements are quickly becoming normalized for large corporations, schools, and government agencies. Recently, President Joe Biden, soup for brains, announced a federal employee mandate that required vaccinations or a strict testing schedule, unquote. On my website, I have a link in the documents section of my website for the exemptions from America's frontline doctors. I've also come across another one from Australia. It basically does the same thing. It makes school officials sign their names and fill out whether or not they know what's in the shots whether or not they know what's in the masks, and then they have to list it. It makes them write it down, and they don't want to do that because their name is on it. It's a legal document, and they won't sign it. So yes, they may just kick you out, but if it's a public institution, they can't. They can't do that. If If you've already been accepted and you're already a student there, they have to play by your rules. So again, tr- uh, look up these particular documents on my website. They are, they're, they're right there under the documents section and, um, print them out and share them and use them. Put pressure on these people if you want to continue to attend these institutions. I'm not sure why you would, but if you, if you still, <laughs> my God, if you still want to, uh, then, then go for it. Here's another clip I want to play. And uh, this is an excellent, excellent clip. If you're familiar with the jab lawyers and the jab doctors and, and the, the real tip of the spear when it comes to human rights and, and these jabs and what's going on, Reiner Fulmick is a European lawyer. He's been gathering tons of information from both the legal and medical standpoint of what's been going on all around the world. This was audio of him being played on a big screen in the UK, and uh, give this a listen.
2: The entrenched front of the makers of Corona is crumbling and dissolving. And that is because the power of us, the power of humanity, is greater than the power of those on the other side, the inhumans. Humanity with emotions will always prevail over digitalization and artificial intelligence. I say this after the Berlin Corona Investigative Committee has, since its inception on July 10th, 2020, heard testimony from more than 110 highly respected experts from all over the world on the questions of how dangerous is the virus, how dangerous are the anti-corona measures to human life and health and to the economy, and how reliable is the Drosten PCR test underlying all these measures worldwide. Well, in the meantime, even the WHO has conceded that the virus, regardless of whether it is fully or semi-artificial or natural, is no more dangerous than the common flu, with an infection fatality rate of 0.14%. And accordingly, Singapore agrees and has removed all measures. These measures are as deadly and destructive as a third world war would be. And the Drosten PCR test, which was declared by the WHO under control of Bill Gates and the Chinese as the gold standard for detecting infections, is an outrageous fraud. First, a PCR test per se cannot detect infections, and second, the Drosten PCR test with 45 cycles of amplification has been said to show 100% false positives as so-called corona cases because from 24 cycles on the test lacks anything even remotely scientific and at 35 cycles it produces at least it produces at least 97% false positives according to Dr. Mike Yeaton, former vice president of Pfizer only these so called cases which have in reality been faked with the test with the help of this test were the basis for the determination of a Public Health Emergency of International Concern in February of 2020. The acronym, by the way, for Public Health Emergency of International Concern is PHEIC, pronounced fake. This determination of a public health emergency of international concern, in turn, was needed by the global alliance of the pharmaceutical and tech industries in order to achieve the goal of so-called vaccinations, which was their true stated intention right from the beginning. Only on, on, on the basis of this public health emergency of international concern, that is, on the basis of this state of emergency, is it possible at all, according to the rules of the WHO, to use untested drugs on humans by way of this emergency approval. All other steps, the social distancing, the lockdowns, the mask mandates, etc. served only to give the population firstly a visible reason for an otherwise illusionary panic created solely through psychological operations and, secondly, to subjugate them so that they would ultimately agree even to the so-called vaccinations. In reality, of course, these vaccinations are experimental gene therapies without any scientific study as a basis. There is neither a reason nor even a necessity for them. Firstly, there is no evidence for a pandemic. Only the fake Drosten PCR test, with its false positives, is responsible for the public health emergency of international concern as explained above. And secondly, um, there are effective alternative treatment methods, and as a rule, a human immune system that is very well equipped to fight viruses, even man-made viruses. Apart from that, the vaccinations lack any effectiveness as a very recent study by Science Files has just proven concerning BioNTech Pfizer. And on top of all this, these shots are extremely dangerous, as the latest official, official figures from the US prove. There, according to VAERS, the official register for adverse events after vaccination, 45,000 people have died after vaccination in 180 days since the beginning of these so-called vaccinations. However, as our colleague Tom Rents learned from a whistleblower, these numbers were kept secret and false numbers were given, namely only about 11,000 deaths after vaccination even worse. In normal times, it can be assumed that at most between 1 and 10% of all the real vaccination adverse events are reported at all. But we do not have normal times. The mainstream media and the politicians, which are both under control of the global corporations and the global NGOs, are doing everything in their power to make registration of vaccination adverse events as difficult As possible so that in truth, we are in all likelihood looking at approximately 500,000 dead after vaccination in the US alone. This puts the other side in a panic because this is not part of their plan. That is why this other empathy and emotionless side now drops all masks. In France, for example, the government is threatening To make vaccination mandatory and introduce compulsory vaccination. And in the US, the president wants to censor even private communications, even if it concerns completely correct statements, whose only problem is that they're not in line with the official, fraudulent line as announced by the government. In the meantime, in India, in South Africa, in the U.S., in Canada and in France, very large legal battles have been set in motion or are now being set in motion. In Portugal, Austria and Germany, excellent court decisions have come down stating that the completely unsuitable Druston PCR test cannot be the basis for any anti-corona measures. The Berlin Corona Investigative Committee already now has accumulated extremely incriminating evidence which proves that this was never about health. Rather, Mr. Global, as former investment banker and U.S. Deputy Secretary of Housing and Urban Development Catherine Austin Fitz calls the global corporations, NGOs, and their backers, Mr. Global is exclusively pursuing these goals with their measures destruction of regional economies to make the world's population dependent on global supply chains, shifting the wealth of the world's population from the bottom to the very top, that is to the super rich population reduction, which means genocide and gaining total control over the remaining population. We are obviously dealing here with megalomaniac psychopaths and sociopaths who should have been stumped a long time ago. But now the time has come for this. That is why millions of people are demonstrating all over the world today. One other aspect needs to be emphasized. In addition to our legal work and in addition to our efforts at shining a bright light on these dark truths, There is a third level, namely the spiritual, or religious, or cosmic, call it what you will, level. And this level is crucial. This is what a story shows us, which a German doctor told us last week. He wanted to withdraw money at an ATM and went to the lobby of a bank for that purpose. There stood an elderly woman wearing a mask, who fearfully backed away from him, because he was not wearing a mask. She said he had to wear a mask because otherwise she was afraid of infecting herself and then her husband. The doctor told her, no, she shouldn't be afraid. And then he went up to her, took off her mask and took her in his arms. The woman began to cry and said that no one had hugged her for more than a year that's what this is all about it is humanity versus inhumanity we are human we we can laugh cry sing dance and hug the other side can't because the other side has no access to the spiritual side therefore without any doubt the other dark side will lose this inhuman battle against life
0: and creation. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And American K-12 schools are being paid to implement these policies. This money is being filtered to them, school board members, administrators, I've mentioned it in the past. They're getting cuts of all of this to keep these policies in place. Health departments are being paid too. That money goes to school districts as well. They're all lining their pockets with all of this. Now here's the last audio clip I wanted to play, and then I just want to quickly review what's going to happen in the next episode, what I'm going to read in the next episode, because again, what I'm going to read in the next episode on Wednesday is going to be absolutely awful but it's, it's, it's indicative of what's going on in American K-12 schools regarding their COVID policies. And this is one of the worst I've ever read. And I mean, I've read some bad ones. The business of, uh, people masking up as they play football and distancing themselves while they play football and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's absurd. It's beyond absurd. Uh, it, 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 it can't, it can't become more insane, but they keep outdoing themselves. Um, but this next clip specifically is from the Stu Peters Show. Um, I believe it's the number two podcast on on Apple iTunes. I highly recommend it as well. If you, if you want ahead-of-the-curve information that you're not going to hear from America's frontline doctors, this is the place to go. I'm not bashing America's frontline doctors. I'm just saying they don't go where Reiner Fulmick went. They won't say what he said. Um, they won't mention depopulation. They won't call things fake or real on particular things because, again, there are certain lines that they don't want to cross. But um, Dr. Jane Ruby is a a consistent medical expert, and she, again, a researcher, and she's on the Stu Peter Show on a regular basis. So give a listen to what they say about the origins of COVID-19, quote-unquote, and the fact that it's never been isolated anywhere, ever, around the world, which means, number one, it's not in the vaccine. It's not in the jab. There is no strain of SARS-CoV-2 in the jab. That's number one. Number two, it's been my estimation that it doesn't exist. I even said that a year ago. I said, you know what? I was on the Quite Frankly podcast. I said, you know what? At this point, I don't even think it exists. Now, whether it exists or not as its own biological weapon, that's you know that, that that's up for debate and i fully understand it's not natural so the estimation would have to be this then it has to be transmissible based on proximity because no virus is coughed on another person or sneezed on by another person i've been over that too again that's 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 my best researched estimation that that's not what happens that it's a proximity based thing based on individuals who do not have a strong immune system. And again, most people do, and they just slough it off immediately. For example, before I play this audio, I know I'm rambling on a little bit here, but I just read a post, again, online, anonymous chat board, I get it, but the guy said, I'm 61, my wife is 45. My wife just got COVID, quote-unquote. They were out for about seven days um, you know, some, some, some bad side effects. And then he says, I slept in this. I've never had it. I we, neither one of us have had the jabs. I slept in the same bed with her. Um, I was around her the entire time. I don't have it. I feel a hundred percent fine. And now she's fine because we've done the regimented things that we're supposed to do from a medical basis in XYZ. The guy even said something like he consistently takes uh, a little bit of zinc Some daily vitamins and some honey. And his wife didn't. And his wife ended up getting ill and he hasn't. So, there you go. You can't transmit this to people who are healthy and are strong. You cannot transmit this to children who are healthy and strong. And even if they have been ill in the past, even with cancer or something, they do not have compromised immune systems. This is another medical lie. Well, they were once sick with something that could have killed them, so their immune system's compromised. That's a lie. That's not true. It's said to people to create a perpetual state of fear. So here's Stu Peters and Dr. Jane Ruby.
2: So, how can we even acknowledge something that can't be proven to exist? Joining us now is Dr. Jane Ruby. She's a medical expert, Stu Peters show contributor. So, Dr. Jane Ruby, does this virus even exist,
3: Sue? Let's uh, let's let's take a closer look at what's happening here. Uh, according to a lot of experts and a lot of government admission across the globe there is no virus other than a digital theoretical abstraction made on a computer from a genomic database the virus as we've been saying has never been isolated purified sequenced characterized or proven to exist right Um, I want to get into why this is coming to the forefront uh as you mentioned thousands of FOIA requests went out unbeknown to some of us uh late last year early this year and the results are coming in and governments are uh about to they're admitting as as we go here that this doesn't exist now let me begin with a little bit of education uh people have written to me and said dr jane are you saying that you know i wasn't sick last year i mean come on i look something something there was a flu last year but when we talk about sars cov2 and the characterization of it as something incredibly dangerous that justifies losing your businesses damaging and hurting your children uh, you know just causing death and destruction across the planet we better damn well have something that we can put our hands on. So we look to pre-existing standards, one of which is uh, the Koch postulates. Four things are required before you know you have a virus. The first thing is that the microorganism should be identified in people who are affected with the illness, but it not should not be identified in people that don't show any symptoms of the illness. The second postulate is that it has to be isolated from a diseased individual individual and then be able to multiply it in culture, okay, to show its replicability. The third part of Koch's postulates includes that when you introduce the organism that you've isolated into a healthy person, that person uh, must, that isolate rather, must cause disease. Otherwise, it's inoculated. The fourth postulate is the microorganism must then be Re isolated from the experimental host and found to be identical to the original microorganism. Um, these are important because this has never been done with this virus. Let me just share some other information and facts. And I'm going to provide you with a lot of links to documentation for your website that buttresses everything I'm about to tell you. All right, good. We'll put it First all of, at
0: stupeters.tv.
2: Everything that you say, every link you provide will be at stupeters.tv because people need
3: to know this stuff. Go ahead. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, first of all, top Chinese scientists admitted that they never isolated the virus. That's one uh, link that I'm going to send to you. Secondly, the CDC stated itself that there's no quantified isolate available. In fact, the link I'm going to send you from their website will say, and I quote, that they've been running PCR tests based not on actual viral isolate, In other words, an actual sample or specimen taken from an infected human. But rather, listen to this, Stu, stocks, I'm quoting, stocks of transcribed RNA taken from a gene bank to mimic the clinical specimen. I've been screaming about this for weeks relative to the corman drosten paper that was that was the fake, if you remember, validation of the PCR test that the CDC now says has to be replaced because it's incompetent. No kidding. Well, in their paper where they claim to have validated it, you have to validate a tool, a diagnostic tool. In other words, you have to scientifically prove that it does identify what you are claiming it does, uh, the illness, the disease per, per se, and you also have to validate that it is doing it, uh, we call it reliability, that it's doing it consistently every time you use the test. And in their article, they come out and admit that they used a, a what's called in silico or um, it com- computer simulated these are Stu. these are not based on organic materials these are not based on anything that's ever been extrapolated from a human being who is ill with any kind of flu so let me go on with this the cdc admitted that they made a digital virus here's where the frankenshot frankenstein piece comes in they they admitted that they made a digital virus made from three thousand thirty thousand i apologize base pairs using 37 actual sample base pairs. But Stu, these are all simulations of uh, configurations of these DNA sequences. In other words, they go on to say, in other words, in their own, uh, th- this uh, article, this article summary, it is a Frankenstein virus which has been concocted and stitched together using genomic database sequences, some viral, some not, it has never been properly purified and isolated so that it can be sequenced from end to end once derived from living tissue. Instead, it's just digitally assembled from a computer database. This computer-generated step constitutes scientific fraud on every level. Sue, we cannot have a specific test for something for a virus without knowing the components of that virus, right? And I want to go on to say you, you can't justify a variant of something that you've never identified exists per se.
0: I'm going to link the entire bit shoot clip of her talk on the Stu Peters show in the description below if you're interested in watching it. Very interesting stuff. To say the least, we're talking about something that's either manufactured in playtime on, on a computer or it was actually something that was manufactured by from scratch with a bunch of other poisons, tossed into a human being, and then that those human beings or singular human being were then sent out to run around and co with a bunch of other people and spread it around. That's it. It's not something that was natural. We know that. Because that, that's, that doesn't exist. Almost every single quote-unquote virus is manufactured. There right. are only immune responses that we have. That's it. That's it. You have immune responses to things on the outside of your body or things or poisons that you put on the inside of your body. That's as simple as I can describe the immune system. In every single K-12 school outside of the ones that is saying no more mask mandates, no jab buses, we're not doing that. There's still countless that are doing it. There are still countless schools that are doing it. And you heard Miguel Cardona at the very beginning, we're, we're sending jab buses everywhere to every American K-12 school, he said. You need to educate your children on the dangers of this, if they are still going to these environments. But as I've said in the past, why would you send them? Why would you send them at this point? They're harming countless people. And it's not going to stop until until there's mass non-participation. Mass non-participation will bring down the House of Cards. Okay, with all of that said, on Wednesday's episode, I'm going to be reading the COVID policies from a rather large school district in the Columbus area of Ohio. It's frightening. On Friday, on Friday's episode, I'm going to air a discussion that Vanessa Hurst and I are going to have later on this week. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. Money mismanagement, money laundering at the K-12 school level certainly looks like money laundering to me. Wasteful spending, wasteful spending the jabs, COVID policies, you name it. It's just going to be an all-around discussion uh, regarding a lot of things, including what's going on in their school district in Nelson County, Kentucky. Other than that, have a great week. Stay tuned for this week's episodes on Wednesday and Friday, and we'll talk then. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.